The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks, episode number 27. It's Monday, December 12th, and I usually post on Sunday, but I'm a day late this week because usually I record with my brother Jeff the Animal Wilson, but now I'm here with my actual brother Rob. Yo. Rob, welcome to the show. Welcome to Florida. Thank you. Thank you very much. Pleased to be here. (laughs) So Rob's not a big... MMA follower, but we did watch the fights the other night on Saturday, UFC 206 uh, from Toronto, Canada, headlined by Max Holloway and Anthony Pettis. We went to Mugs and Jugs, mm-hmm. which is, I would call it a thicker version of Hooters. Is that accurate? Very beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they, got, they don't make them small down here. I guess. <laughs> so anyway, what did you think of the fights? Well, personally, I like seeing motherfuckers get kicked in the face. Yeah, that's that's one of the fun parts about it. So there was a lot of that on Saturday. So Donald Cerrone had a head kick knockout of Matt Brown. Lando Venata had a spinning back kick mm-hmm. knockout over John McDessie. I want to talk about the main event first. So Max Holloway defeated Anthony Pettis and... It was almost hard to get into this fight because the two fights that came before it were such adrenaline rushes. The Donald Cerrone fight and the Cub Swanson Duho Choi fight. So everything after the Cub Swanson and Duho Choi fight felt like it was in slow motion. I don't know. Did you feel that way? Yeah. It's moving pretty slow. So it was it was hard to get into this fight at first and then it started picking up action. Apparently Anthony Pettis broke his right hand in the first round and uh he also didn't make weight for this fight so it was an interim title fight so even if anthony pettis won he wouldn't have been able to get the title so max holloway won the fight and um he was able to get a tko over anthony pettis which is huge because he came down a weight class and pettis said at the end of the fight that he can't make the weight cut anymore so he's gonna go back to 155 pounds I don't know, did you have any reaction to this fight? Nah. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of a bland ending because there was so much excitement that happened before it. I feel bad for Max Holloway because the guy is such a beast. He's on a ten fight win streak. He just took out a guy who was a champion, a weight class above him, and I don't know, this this match was just doomed from the moment that Daniel Cormier pulled out of this card because I don't know, and then they they were forced to make this fight an interim title fight just to make it interesting, to make people buy pay-per-views, and couldn't get into it, but what was fucking awesome was Cowboy Cerrone and Matt Brown. So the first round started off a little slow, especially after that Cub Swanson fight, Mm -hmm. and then the second round, I think they both almost knocked each other out like three times each, Mm -hmm. and then what'd you think of that final knockout in the third round? 
I love that sound. It just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the sound was disturbing when he landed that head kick. And he had thrown that a couple of times. But the, the final time he threw it, Matt Brown was kind of ducking down. And he kind of leaned his face into it. And the noise just sounded... Do the sound effect again. Yeah, it was like that. It sounded like ripping a turkey leg off a dead carcass. It was just... Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. It was it was gross. And usually usually when you're watching at a bar, like people are loud and and you can't really hear too much of the of the actual sound in the fight. So the fact that we were able to hear that noise over all the noise of people in the bar and everything when they replayed it, that was just disgusting. But a huge win for Donald Cerrone. So he's undefeated as a welterweight now, and he's just on a tear. He's finished every single fight. At this weight, and um, Matt Brown not looking so great because he's lost five out of his last six fights. So I don't know. Hey, do you did you even know who Matt Brown was? No. <laughs> great analysis. <laughs> yeah. So Matt Brown, he's and that was only his second fight on a six fight contract that he recently signed. So I I don't see the UFC cutting him over this, but this is two brutal knockouts in a row for him. Um, I would hope that he's just going to take some time off here because his head has really gone through the ringer in the last couple of fights. Get your head in the game, Matt. What are you doing? <laughs> Five losses? <laughs> yeah, Matt, if you're listening. And granted, he's, all his losses are to top competition, but in any case, Donald Cerrone's on fire. He wants to fight again in six weeks because this guy's just a fucking animal. Cowboy. Yeah, he wants to get in there in Denver, Colorado, which is where he's from. And uh, that that fight card is in six weeks, which is an insane turnaround, but um, it's pretty predictable from Cowboy doing crazy shit like this. All right, so let's get to the fight of the night, or possibly the fight of all time. <laughs> this might have been one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. Cub Swanson and your boy, Duho, Duho Choi. That's right. So Rob was just asking me before we started recording... <laughs> how these guys were ranked so duo was ranked i think 10th or 11th in the featherweight class and cub swanson was ranked fourth but for some reason duo was the betting favorite because this guy's been on a tear he's just been running through people mm-hmm. so rob right off the bat was rooting for duo why did you want Duho? why did you want duo to come out with this one I've just seen it in his eyes the determination <laughs> he was determined i mean this guy he rightfully should have been knocked out at least six times in this fight. Like, he just got his brain rattled. And it, and Cub got rocked a couple of times, too. And I was saying after the first round, because Cub Swanson was getting outboxed by Duho, and um, I knew if Cub was going to win this fight, he would have to turn it into a brawl. He'd have to make it dirty. And that's exactly what he did. And he was able to control Duho on the feet after he turned it into a brawl. And turn it into more of his style of a fight. If he just kind of laid back and tried to box with him, I think Duho might have been able to pick him apart. But I can't root against Cub Swanson because that guy's just a fucking warrior. I mean, he's been in so many wars over the years. And and when you see the guy get rocked, he just gets like this nasty look on his face. Mm-hmm. And he just, like he likes it. He likes it. He enjoys it. And then he just gets in there... And he starts slinging leather against Duho. But what did you think of Duho's post-fight uh, speech? 
think I liked it very much. He's gonna show more determination in his next fight, and I feel sorry for his next competitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he he said, if this is what losing feels like, I'd never want to do this again. And we were joking that Duho was probably back in the gym <laughs> right after the fight. <laughs> and, he was, <laughs> and he was in there. But, oh man, what a fucking war. It was just so back and forth. It was everything you would want to see in a fight. I mean, it went to the ground, and even when it went to the ground, it was still exciting. And these guys were, they seemed to be very evenly matched, but once it got really gritty, it was all Cub Swanson, especially in that third round. And Duho's face just looked battered. My boy got annihilated. <laughs> but I'm still rooting for him. Yeah, well, that's... That's a good thing because I think I think Duho Choi gained a lot of fans last night too because I think this is his first time on the main card of a pay-per-view. So people who really follow the sport have probably seen him fight before, but I think this is the highest profile fight he's had and he's definitely shown that he's a warrior. To take a beating like that and not get finished when his face is all purple and had skid marks all over it. It looked like he got run over by 12 mopeds at the end of that fight. <laughs> looked like he got jumped. Yeah. yeah, well, he did get jumped by Cub Swanson. Uh, another fight that happened was uh, Kelvin Gastelum got a TKO over Tim Kennedy. Now, for those who don't know, both of these guys were supposed to fight at UFC 205 in New York a couple of weeks ago. Kelvin Gastelum couldn't fight because he couldn't make weight, and he was trying to fight at 170 pounds. So this fight took place at 185 pounds. Tim Kennedy couldn't fight at New York because his opponent, Rashad Evans, didn't pass his medical. And we don't we still don't know why he couldn't pass his medical, but in any case, he was supposed to fight Rashad Evans again in, on 206 on Saturday, and that didn't happen either because the Toronto Athletic Commission wouldn't grant Rashad Evans uh, access to or they wouldn't let him fight. They wouldn't clear him to fight. So Gastelum moving up in weight and pretty much dominated Tim Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy looks good in the first round. He was able to get Gastelum down a couple of times. But once he started getting rocked, um, it was all Kelvin Gastelum. And he was able to stay composed and just pick him apart. It was all blurry from there, Tim. <laughs> Timmy. Yeah, it was all blurry for Tim. And I mean, Tim Kennedy is like the epitome of a warrior because this guy was a green beret he's been in the military he's fought fucking isis and like he he did not want to give up like he just kept coming forward even when he was rocked and it even as he was falling down he was still swinging at kelvin gaslam he's he's pretty much just a beast so that much shows how much of a beast kelvin really is yeah, that's that's pretty good insight. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, Kelvin is a beast, and he said at the end of the fight he wants to go back down to 170, but, I mean, he's missed weight so many times. I, I think he should stay at 185 because he just took out one of the top guys at 185 without much of a problem. So I think he should stay there. I don't think he should embarrass himself. You know, if he likes to eat cake, eat cake. Mm -hmm. He could always get a job at Mugs and Jugs. A little bit of milk on the side as well. <laughs> Chocolate milk. Mm. We know Duho's not drinking any milk. Too many calories. Duho. <laughs> anyway, the fight before that was Emil Meek and Jordan Mean. And I couldn't 
we couldn't decide like which is one of these guys we liked less <laughs> just because they looked kind of goofy so emil meek had that weird haircut where he saves like just a third of his hair and leaves it long and it's like crooked looking but uh this is actually a pretty good scrap these guys were going back and forth too and they probably would have had a shot at fight of the night if the cub swanson fight never happened do you remember this fight at all the guy with the goofy haircut from norway uh yeah i do but i was more paying attention to jugs and mugs <laughs> yeah this was when we first arrived at mugs and jugs so there's a lot of visual stimulation at- oh yeah <laughs> lots of them homegrown florida women <laughs> they're corn fed <laughs> but the wings are good too must be eating fully cooked turkeys <laughs> Yeah, probably the turkeys. That, that's the noise. Maybe that's the noise we were hearing when Matt Brown got hit in the face. They were just ripping turkey carcasses apart in the back. Oh. <laughs> anyway, you had a margarita there, too. What did you think of that? It was my first margarita, and it was very well with the company of Florida homegrown women. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like good, good drinks and good views. Mm-hmm. A couple of knockout cakes like brews and views. Yeah, it was a good night. So before we left, we were we were here at home and we watched some of the prelims and we watched Drew Dober against Olivier Alban Mercier. He was obese. Yeah. So Mercier just completely dominated this fight and he was able to get the better of Drew Dober standing, which is surprising because Drew Dober is a pretty accomplished Muay Thai kickboxer. And Alban Mercier, who's more known as a grappler, was able to outstrike him. But uh, eventually the fight went to the ground. And once he locked in that body lock, that body triangle with his legs and wrapped it around Drew Dober's waist, you just saw the look on Drew Dober's face. He gave up in that instant. (laughs) It was all over. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's fair to say. He just had this look on his face like, oh, fuck. And then it was only a matter of time before Alban Mercier sunk that choke in and spiraled drew's world to the floor <laughs> with a rear naked yeah rear naked choke in that second round so Alban mercier just seems to get better and better and he gets more confidence every time he fights uh the only other fight i would touch on on this card was uh, lando venata who this was only his second fight in the ufc and he knocked out john mcdessey with a spinning wheel kick to the face Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it made that noise or not because the the sound wasn't on when we got to the bar for this fight yet. But that was a nasty fucking kick. I mean, it came out of nowhere. He just spun and landed his heel like right on MacDessie's jaw, and that guy just went down quick. And it it was kind of a taste of his own medicine because John MacDessie is known for kind of you know those spinning maneuvers. So Lando Venata is definitely one of the most exciting fighters, and he's actually. I think he's being nominated for knockout of the year and also fight of the year for his for his UFC debut against Tony Ferguson. And if you have never seen that fight, that's a great one to go back on Fight Pass and watch. In any case, it was in it it was an action-packed weekend of fights. And Rob, you didn't get a chance to see these, but there was also a fight card on Friday night, 
which mm. was UFC Fight Night 102 from Albany, New York. And um, so this is the UFC's second delve into New York, and it's our home state. So it's great to see that MMA is finally legal in New York because we probably would have gone to a lot more fights growing up if if it was legal at New York. We could have gone down to the Garden anytime, right? That's right. Here's some jaws crack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that sound effect in a promo now. Every time there's every time there's a head kick knockout, I'm gonna save it so I could just hit a button and it's like, yeah, just like that. In any case, this fight card was pretty underwhelming. the The main event was uh, Derek the Black Beast Lewis against Shamil. Try and pronounce that name. Where is it? Right there. Shamil Abdurakasimov. <laughs> That's probably better than I can do. I I still can't pronounce this guy's name. I'm usually very anal about learning how to pronounce the fighters' names, but I couldn't get this one. In this fight, it was so awkward because I think for four rounds, Shamil just kept taking Derek Lewis down at will, and Derek Lewis would be on the ground breathing heavy, and then when he felt like standing up, he would just stand up. And then once he was able to get Shamil down, I think in the fourth round, he was able to TKO him. So these are two heavyweights. Now, what do you think of the Black Beast? Just looking at his picture. I tell you, he looks like a beast. A Black Beast? That's right. <laughs> um, so even even more impressive to me, anyway, was Francis Ngannou, who was able to submit Anthony Hamilton in the first round. And Ngannou kind of got Hamilton up against the cage and he put him in a Kimura and he didn't really have much technique to it. He just basically grabbed his arm in a double wrist lock and tried to rip his arm out of the socket and Hamilton was forced to tap out. I don't think because the submission was so expertly applied, but I think because Ngannou is just such a beast that he probably would have ripped Anthony Hamilton's arm right out of the socket. Ngannou. <laughs> yeah. So I would actually really like to see Francis Ngannou fight the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. I think that would be a fun fight. Both of them at the same time. Yeah, well, they would fight each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, so, yeah, that would be an awesome fight. Before that, Corey Anderson TKO'd Sean O'Connell in the second round. Uh, I'm not a big advocate of Corey Anderson yet. To me... He's just a little slow. He's a slow starter, and he's just not exciting in there. He, I mean, he always gets the job done, but he's just very low energy. He I just, like seeing face kicks, like. Yeah, that's what we need more of those. More face kicks, and less brawls. less grappling, like slow grappling, like just wrestling and not really going to pass guards and things like that. But I have a feeling that Corey Anderson definitely has a bright future. So hopefully he'll gain more confidence with these wins, TKO wins, and um, he'll be able to pick up the pace a little bit. The only other fight worth mentioning on this entire card was um, Gerald Mearshart, who submitted mm-hmm. Joe Gelati with an anaconda choke. And I don't, I don't know if you guys... So for those of you who are long-term listeners... If you remember back to episode six when I had the Portuguese man award, Dave Bernardino, on the show, we were talking about a Joe Gelati fight and we were debating the pronunciation of his name because it's spelled Gigliotti. 
but apparently he insists that it's gelati but um i don't think we'll have to remember this guy's name anymore anyway because he's got two fights in the ufc and he's got two losses but gerald mearshart is a name that you should definitely keep on your radar because he submitted joe gelati with an anaconda choke and it was fucking beautiful um he started out with a guillotine and when that wasn't working he switched it to an anaconda choke and it what's an anaconda choke an anaconda choke is basically when you have one guy's one arm trapped Mm -hmm. and you're from the front it's hard to it's hard to explain to people on a radio but my man joe jigliotti got choked with his own arm yeah basically that's what happens and then you kind of (laughs) say that a little louder pussy (laughs) you hear that gelati you better watch out man otherwise you're more than these other dudes you're gonna get a head kick in the face (laughs) in any case gerald mearsart uh looking like a monster and he's out of the uh, Rufus Sport camp, so he's training with world champions over there like Tyron Woodley, welterweight champion, uh, Anthony Pettis, and guys like that. So I would definitely keep an eye out for him. He's got a win and a loss against UFC middleweight Sam Alvey. So I think that would be an interesting person for him to call out if Mearshart were to call him out since he's got a win over him and he's got a loss over him. So he could do the trilogy. Uh, find out once and for all who the better fighter is and also that would help propel him up in the rankings but he did get a submission of the night bonus luckily so uh great job to gerald mearsart he was definitely in my opinion the most impressive fighter on the entire card so the only other thing to talk about is yesterday john jones had a grappling match with mma legend dan henderson and john jones was able to tap him out fairly easily so rob i don't know if you know but because back when you used to watch john jones was just starting to come up yeah he was a beast yeah he still is unfortunately he's been suspended for a bunch of things so the last thing he got suspended for they found what's called an estrogen blocker in his blood when they tested him now the reason you would take an estrogen blocker is if you're on steroids your testosterone rises and when your testosterone rises your estrogen line rises also mm-hmm. so you would take an estrogen blocker to stop yourself from growing bitch tits basically my man john jones <laughs> <laughs> but in any case it turns out he wasn't taking an estrogen blocker he was taking an off-brand cialis you know what cialis is i'm not sure what a cialis is it's a, a boner pill like viagra i'm not fond of those so it looks like he was uh john having trouble getting bones jones Mm -hmm. (laughs) a man could have picked it up (laughs) so (laughs) it'll be a while before he's giving anybody a head kick in the face (laughs) so in any in any case john jones took some dick pills and he was suspended by the uh anti-doping agency only because the ingredient in the dick pills is also an ingredient in a banned substance. Even though that ingredient wasn't listed on the dick pills, it was a whole mess. But in any case, John Jones submitted Dan Henderson in a grappling match, which is pretty unbelievable because uh, Dan Henderson is not one to be submitted easily, but it's also pretty believable because John Jones is 15 years younger than him 
and he probably outweighs him by 30 pounds. But it seemed like they had some fun with the match because they came out, and Dan Henderson acted like he was going to punch him in the face, and then John Jones laughed, and he went like he was going to do a spinning elbow. Mm-hmm. And then they both faked a head kick in the face. <laughs> People are probably going to get really annoyed with that sound effect, but I, I just don't give a fuck because it's my show. Uh, in any case, that was Flow Grappling, which is uh, it's an organization that's partly owned by MMA fighter Chael Sonnen. So after John Jones tapped out Dan Henderson, he also called out Chael Sonnen. He wants to have a grappling match with him. So Chael said he's up for it after his fight with Tito Ortiz in January. And the co-main event, uh, Misha Tate was able to defeat Jessica I in overtime. So she had quicker escape times because these were EBI rules. So it's good to see Misha Tate still competing. We know that she retired from MMA last month after she lost her second fight in a row. So it's great to see that she's still competing in some way because Misha Tate is one of the greatest females to ever get in the octagon. In any case, I think that pretty much wraps everything up. So... Again, we're a day late. Um, we were busy doing some other things yesterday, going out kayaking. We went to Barley Mow Brewery, which was, you know, Rob's first time at a brewery. What did you think of the beer there? Best beer I've had in my life. <laughs> so anybody who listens to this show often knows that I'm a huge fan of Barley Mow. So anybody who comes to visit here on the west coast of Florida is going to get a trip to Barley Mow for sure because they just have amazing beer. So if you find yourself in the Tampa Bay area, definitely pick some of that up in a supermarket or just go to Largo, Florida and visit the brewery because it's just an, an awesome spot. And it's great craft beer, which uh, you know beats the fuck out of Corona or Coors Light or whatever else you're drinking. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so are you a fan of craft beer now? Oh yeah, I'd say so. Which Quackalope. one was your favorite? The Quackalope? Quackalope. Yeah, Quackalope is is their IPA. It's one of their it's one of their signatures. Right now I'm drinking an abattoir, which is French for slaughterhouse. Oh, I like that. Because it just slaughters your flavor palate, I guess. And your brain cells. Yeah, it slaughters your brain cells as well because it's nine point five percent alcohol. Yeah, so Barley Mo and then what else? Oh, we were drinking the Don Julio the other night. Don Julio, very special butter, nice liquor, smooth. <laughs> Smoothest tequila you could ever drink, Don Julio. Go pick yourself up a bottle. They're not a sponsor of the show, but I'll give them a plug anyway. So we were drinking shots out of Himalayan salt glasses. I suggest pink Himalayan salt glasses to anybody drinking Don Julio. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't make you any less of a man to drink out of a pink glass. It just shows that you're confident with yourself and you know how to drink fine tequila the right way. Mm-hmm. And you John know how John to... should get himself some Don Julio instead of them pills. Yeah. If he just stuck with Don Julio instead of dick pills, he would have been fine. He'd still be the world champion. He'd still be kicking people in the face. Still be bucking like a young rocket. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Me neither. <laughs> All right. In any case, I guess we can wrap things up there. But um, if you are interested in what those Himalayan salt glass 
uh, shot glasses look like. I'll post a picture up on Instagram. If you want to get in touch with me, as always, at MMA on the Rocks, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or MMA on the Rocks.com, and you can send me a message that way. Don't be shy. Do you have any social media you want to plug? I have no plugs, but any women that need the phone number is more than welcome to have it. <laughs> any of those mugs and jugs employees? If you're listening, all of them. <laughs> all right so if you want to get in touch with my brother rob send me a note on social media and i'll pass it along and make sure he gets it uh next week we should be broadcasting as usual on sunday if anything changes i'll let you know on twitter you got any closing thoughts <clears throat> well i'm gonna tune into the sport a lot more i hope that i see lots of more blood some more broken jaws and plenty more face kicks. <laughs> we got a softer version of the sound effect there. All right, so we converted another fan here on MMA on the Rocks. We're just bringing people together and supporting corn-fed Florida women. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.